Welcome to Zichud Daf Siman Memorabe Ram Gold and Day Mer Sechens Beya Daf Yud Alf. The first parak Beis Shanol the Biyantiv. So the three doves are going to focus on number one. The Mishnah and Daf Yud Amar Beis stated that if the doves were inside the pigeonhole when one designated them before Yantiv, but the only doves he found on Yantiv were on the ledge in front of the pigeonhole, they are prohibited. However, if before Yantiv there were no birds there in the vicinity of the dovecote except these, then they're permitted. The Gemara what the circumstances of the last case were. If the doves could fly, then maybe they flew away and others came. If they can only hop, then if there was a pigeonhole within 50 amas, they could hop there. If there was not a pigeonhole within 50 amas, then it's obvious they are permitted, since any bird that is too young to fly does not hop more than 50 amas from its nest. The Gemara answers that the Mishnah refers to a case where there is another pigeonhole within 50 amas, ukagon dekaima bekeren zavis. However, it's located on the other side of the corner of the building. The Mishnah is coming to teach that a young bird will only continue to hop as long as it can turn around and see its pigeonhole. Point number two, the next Mishnah states, Beishamai say, One may not place an animal hide will be trampled on, and one may not even pick it up unless there is a kazaisa meat on it. But Beisil permit these activities. Rashi on Daf Yud Amonov explained that Beisil is lenient for some chazyantiv, where people were not allowed to move the hide and put it where it will be trampled on, one might refrain from shechni animal on yantiv for fear that its hide will spoil. The Gemara asks why spreading chalav over pegs on yantiv to prevent the chalav from spoiling is prohibited on yantiv, given that the same concern applies. If people are not permitted to spread the piece of chalav and expose them to air, they might refrain from shechni on yantiv for fear the chalav will spoil. The Gemara answer is that in the case of the hide, it's not evident that it was spread out for tanning, because it's also fit for sitting on. People assume the Rabbanon permitted it for sitting, but in the case of the chalav, people will say spreading it out was to prevent spoilage. What difference does it make if I salt it or I spread it out? And they'll come to salt the and yantav, which is a derisa prohibition. And point number three, Ula said, There are three cases in which the Rabbanon permitted their final phase on account of their initial phase, meaning the final phase was permitted because of the apprehension that if it's forbidden, people might refrain from engaging in the initial phase. Rashi explains that in most of these cases, the final phase serves no direct Yantav-related purpose, yet it's permitted so that people not refrain from the initial phase. The first case is Orlifnei Adors, and placing a hide will be trampled on. If people are not allowed to spread the hide, which is the final phase, they'll not check, which is the initial phase. The second case is replacing the shutters of vendor stalls. The vendors have to leave. Their shutters open the entire day. They'll be reluctant to remove the shutters in the first place for people to purchase their needs for the Yantav meal. The third case is the replacement of a dressing on the wound of a cone in the temple on Yantav. If the cone is prohibited from replacing the bandage, he might choose to keep it on and refrain from performing the avoda. So once again, three points are number one. The Mishan Dav Yid Amabe stated that if the doves were inside the pigeonhole, when one designated them before Yantiv, but the only doves he found on Yantiv were on the ledge in front of the pigeonhole, they are prohibited. However, if before Yantiv there were no birds there in the vicinity of the dovecote, except these, then they're permitted. The Gemara asks what the circumstances of the last case were. If the doves could fly, then maybe they flew away and others came. If they could only hop, then if there was a pigeonhole within 50 amas, they could hop there. If there was not a pigeonhole within 50 amas, then it's obvious that they're permitted since any bird that's too young to fly does not hop more than 50 amas from its nest. The Gemara answers that the mission refers to a case where there is another pigeonhole within 50 amas, ukagon dekaima bakaren zobis. However, it's located on the other side of the corner of the building. The mission is coming to teach that a young bird will only continue to hop as long as it can turn around and see its pigeonhole. Point number two, the next mission states, Beisham may say, a nosinus one may not place an animal hide will be trampled on, and one may not even pick it up unless there's a kazaisa meat on it. 
Basil Maturin, but Basil permit these activities. Rashi on Daf Yud Amad Alf explained that Basil is lenient for some chazyantiv, for if people are not allowed to move the hide and put it where it will be trampled on, one might refrain from shechting the animal on yantiv for fear that its hide will spoil. The Gemara here asks why spreading chalav over pegs on yantiv to prevent the chalav from spoiling is prohibited on yantiv, given that the same concern applies. If people are not permitted to spread the pieces of chalav and expose them to air, they might refrain from shechting them on yantiv for fear that chalav will spoil. The Gemara answers that in the case of the hide, it's not evident that it was spread out for tanning, because it's also fit for sitting on. People assume the Rabbanon permitted it for sitting. But in the case of the chalav, people will say spreading it out was to prevent spoilage. What difference does it make if I salt it or spread it out? And they'll come to salt chalav on yantiv, which is a derisa prohibition. And point number three, Ula said, hitiru sofen mishum There are three cases in which the Rabbanon permitted their final phase on account of their initial phase, meaning the final phase was permitted because of the apprehension that if it's forbidden, people might refrain from engaging in the initial phase. Why she explains that in most of these cases, the final phase serves no direct yantiv-related purpose, yet... It's permitted so that people will not refrain from the initial phase. The first case is Orlifnia Dorsum. Placing a hide will be trampled on. If people are not allowed to spread a hide, which is the final phase, they will not shecht, which is the initial phase. The second case is replacing shutters of vendor stalls. If vendors have to leave their shutters open the entire day, they will be reluctant to remove the shutters in the first place for people to purchase the needs for the yantiv meal. And the third case is the replacement of a dressing on the wound of a colon in the temple on Yantiv. If the cone is prohibited from replacing the bandage, he might choose to keep it on and refrain from performing the avoda. All right, so now we go to our Simber Duff Yudolf, and our standard simon is stars, because the 11 stars in Yosef's dream. So here goes. The cute little bird leaving a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a high that was spread out for people to trample on and was in front of a vendor that was putting back his window shutters. Once again, in slow motion. The cute little bird leaving a trail of tiny stars. Stars? That must be more enough. You'd all have. The cute little bird leaving a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote, which reminds the Mishon Dov Yerom Bay State that if doves were inside the pigeonhole, when one designated them before Yantav, but the only doves he found in Yantav were on the ledge in front of the pigeonhole, they are prohibited. However, if before Yantav there were no birds there in the vicinity of the dovecote except these, then they are permitted. The Gemara clarifies the last cases where there is another pigeonhole within 50 amos, the Kagon to Kaim of a Karen Zavis. However, it's located on the other side of the corner of the building. The mission is coming to teach that young bird will only continue to hop as long as it can turn around and see its pigeonhole. So the cute little bird leaving a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner of the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a hide that was spread out for people to trample on, which reminds the Gemara why it's permitted to spread hides but not to spread chalev. If there's an equal concern if they were prohibited, people might refrain from shechni and yantam. The Gemara answers that in the case of the hide, it's not evident that it was spread out for tanning because it's also fit for sitting on. People assume the Rabbanon permitted it for sitting. But in the case of the chalev, people will say spreading it out would prevent spoilage. And they'll say, what difference does it make if I salt it or spread it out? And they'll come to salt chalev on yantiv, which is a derisive prohibition. So the cute little bird leaving the trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a hide that was spread out for people to trample on and was in front of a vendor that was putting back his window shutters. Which reminds us, Ula said, There are three cases in which the Rabbanon permitted their final phase on account of their initial phase. The first case is, placing a hide will be trampled on. If people are not allowed to spread a hide, they'll not shut. The second case is replacing shutters of vendor stalls. If vendors have to leave their shutters open, the entire day, they'll be reluctant to remove the shutters in the first place for people to purchase their needs for the yantiv meal. And the third case is the replacement of a dressing on the wound of a koan in the temple on yantiv. If the koan is prohibited from replacing the bandage, he might choose to keep it on and refrain from performing the avoda.
So once again, the cute little bird leaving a trail of tiny stars wherever it went was too scared to turn the corner to the neighboring dovecote. So it turned back and crossed over a hide that was spread out for people to trample on and was in front of a vendor that was putting back his window shutters. All right, now it's time for our two-blot bat chazara. Daf test. So the similar daf test is a teapot. So here goes. The reckless boy who tried to balance a teapot, teapot, that must be more on daf test. The reckless boy who tried to balance a teapot on top of his special dovecote ladder as he moved it from one dovecote to the next, which reminds us, it's Malchus Beis Shem Beis Hill, whether one is permitted to take a dovecote ladder from one shovach to the next. And Rav Khan Barami said the Malchus applies only in the case of one who carries a ladder in a Rishas Arabim, where he might be observed for Beis Shem hold, Haro Omer Lahatich Gagahutzarach, that one onlooker might assume that he's carrying a ladder because he needs to blaster his roof. Whereas Beis Hill holds, since he's carrying a ladder that is specifically used for dovecotes, it's not a problem. But in Rishas Yachid, where his actions are unlikely to be observed, everyone agrees it is mutter. So the reckless boy who tried to balance a teapot on top of his special dovecote ladder as he moved it from one dovecote to the next spilled tea all over his neighbor's wet clothes, hanging out to dry in a secluded area, which reminds us, Gamora asks if it's so the Beishami's prohibition does not apply where one's actions are unlikely to be observed. For Rav said, in the name of Rav, wherever the Rabban prohibit an act because of Mar's Ayin, the act is prohibited even in one's most private chambers. The Gemara answers that Rav Hanan has the authority to dispute Rav's ruling for the question of prohibiting the issue of Mar's Ayin, is a Malchok Tanai, for his time on a brisa, if one's clothing became soaked, he may spread them out in the sun to dry on Shabbos, but he may not do so before people, meaning in an area viewed by people. Rabbi Lazar and Rabbi Shimon ruled that this is prohibited even in a secluded area. So the reckless boy who tried to balance a teapot on top of his special dovecote ladder as he moved it from one dovecote to the next, spilled tea all over his neighbor's wet clothes, hanging out to dry in a secluded area, and was told that he was not permitted to return the ladder. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a Bryce with a different version of the Malchogs between Beisham and Beisil, which taught, Rabbi Shemelazar said, Beisham and Beisil agree that one may take a ladder from one dovecote to another. They argued only in regard to returning the ladder to its original place. Beisham may say, in one may not return the ladder after using it, but Beisil will say one may even return it. Rashi explains that according to Rabbi Shemelazar, although Beisham may prohibit the carrying of the ladder on Yantav, they conceded that it is permitted to take a ladder to a dovecote to fetch birds for one's Yantav meal because it's Serves a yunt of need. Daf Yud. So the simmer Daf Yud is a minion of Yidden. So here goes. The minion of birdkeepers. Minion. That must be learned Daf Yud. The minion of birdkeepers waiting for the tenth man who is busy handling his dove from the first brood, which reminds us that the next mission discusses how the muksa status of the birds in the dovecote are removed. Beishamai say that one may not take doves from a dovecote on Yantav unless he handled those very doves. Erev Yantav, but Basil say it's sufficient that one stands before Yantav and says, I'll take this dove and that dove without actually handling them. Rav Chanam Rami said that Malkokos is with the Brich Rishona, the first brood of the season. So the minion of birdkeepers waiting for the tenth man who was busy handling his doves from the first brood were distraught as they saw that the white and black doves didn't stick to their color-coded dovecoats. Which reminds us that the mission was coming to teach that in the case of finding white doves in the pigeonhole one had designated for black ones, and black ones in the pigeonhole that he designated for white ones, that there also for it might have occurred that the designated doves flew away, and these are different doves in the dovecoat. The Gemara suggests this supports Rabbi Chania's principle of Rov Vakarov Holoch Acharov. When a conflict arises between the principles of majority and proximity, we follow the principle of Rov. The Gemara rejects this proof, saying that the case involves a dovecote with a platform in front of it, 
on which birds from elsewhere constantly roost. Therefore, even if one assumes the birds came from the closest location, there's still muksa since the majority of birds are muksa. So the minion of bird keepers waiting for the tenth man who was busy handling his doves from the first brood were distraught as they saw that the white and black doves didn't stick to their color-coded dovecoats, while young little bird left his group and hopped away. Which reminds me, compare a case of designating three birds and finding only two to putting aside two mana of Mysoshani and finding only one. Since birds hop around, it's presumed one wandered off, and therefore the other two are presumed to be from the original three. Whereas with a Mysoshani, the rebuttant hold that since people generally do not separate their Mysoshani money before taking it to Shalim, it must be the person forgot that he took all the Mysoshani money and replaced it with Chulim. Alright, that concludes today's shir. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichon. Wishing you a great day and great learning.